Holy shit, there's a fucking lion. Oh, oh my god, it's so racist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm not going to do any more of that because um, it's probably probably blown out your speakers. That you're listening to. <laughs> but that was an approximation of. Mm. Uh, is it Lebo M singing at the start of The Lion King? I don't know. Whoever it is. Because uh, we're doing The Lion King. Oh, shit. <laughs> that That is it is like the definitive childhood nostalgic film of people <laughs> about my age. <laughs> people who were a mm. bit too old for it to be Star Wars. A bit? It's probably The Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> this was well, made 17 years after Star Wars. That's quite a big jump. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, but... What about the Goonies? How many years after the third Star Wars? Alright, the Goonies then. <laughs> fucking right. Anyone who was about four or five or six in nineteen ninety-four, there you go, Lion King. Well I was ten, what about me? Well you you're gonna shit all over it, no <laughs> doubt. We, we all, I mean that's obvious. You're gonna go, Lion King, animation, shite, story, simplistic. <laughs> Emotions for a fucking lion. Stamp on their heads, that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean actually, actually I am curious to know like how old Alan was when the film was released because you and me are the same age soul so we probably have a very similar uh relationship with the film but I'm curious to know what it was like for Alan who we knew who we know grew up in the <laughs> 80s where the only animated films were like <laughs> Five all goes west <laughs> and the black culture. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, and, I don't know why and, that's funny. And some god awful, um, shitty stop start animated Rudolph thing that they should they wheel out at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> when was the snowman done? Was that your generation? <laughs> that was about eighty three or something like that. It was a bit earlier. Oh my god, it oh. actually is. Wow. But yeah, that was an ever present thing every year. Yeah. Um. So I'm Sol. In case. In case you didn't already know that, and I'm talking oh, yeah. to Alan Hello. and Calvin. Hi, I'm Calvin. <laughs> so, Alan, um, to my uh, question, how? Yeah, what was it like being um, more sentient than we <laughs> were at the time of this film's release? Well, you know, it was a very special time. Uh, Jurassic Park was still in the memory, and uh, the Hollywood had changed again. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember it. Um, I. Didn't see it at the cinema. We we just didn't we didn't go to the cinema when I was a kid. It wasn't it wasn't a thing. We didn't really have films in the house. We never had any music in the house. It was a strange place. It's probably worth mentioning that you don't even remember films that you watched last week as well. So. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Not remembering your viewing experience isn't a huge I do, surprise. Do you know what though? I have a I have a vague memory. I think I saw The Lion King when they did like a digital re-release of it. Oh, yeah. Which would have been, uh, let me think, well, it been would have been about 2006, seven maybe? Was it, like was it the, so it was It was when they just, like you say, they, they made it all digital and went, oh, look how much we pretted it up. Because they also did a uh, yeah. 3D re-release a few years on. No, it wasn't 3D, it was, was just a digital thing. But I remember thinking, oh, I'll, I'll see that at the big screen while I got the chance. But I'd definitely seen it before at that point. I'd seen it sometime, but it wasn't when it was originally out. I remember seeing it in the cinema. I watched it in Mexico. What? In Spanish. <laughs> uh, okay, what's, what's Spanish for Lion King? Regalo Leo. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I speak better German than Spanish. Yeah. Let's see. What What do you think it is in German? It'll be der 
Der Katz Grande. That's Spanish. Italian. That's close enough. They'll know what you mean. If you say that and point at, like, point at the a picture. Hmm. I uh, think I first saw the film on video rather than at the cinema. I certainly don't have memories of seeing it at the cinema. Did you have a full Disney collection as a child? Uh, we had most of them, yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, we even had Song of the South. That's good, yeah, that's good. Your, your coveted, yeah, racist video. But... <laughs> it's a great film. No, it's not. No, <laughs> well, I haven't seen it in 20 years, actually. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the kind of film you would hate if you watched it now. I think it's it's very really? slow and dull. There's some really lovely sequences in there, but they're they're few and far between. It's largely just very mm. very dull. So, just as a general thing, was the Lion King Disney's last film before Toy Story changed the world of animation or big release anyway? Kind of major major release. Yeah, I think Pocahontas was after Toy Story. Same year. Pocahontas was 95, mm, I think. Maybe that's the same thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Pocahontas is significant because my understanding is Disney, I think they still do this, but certainly at the time, Disney kind of had two films in development or production mm. at any given moment. My, my understanding is that basically when people were crewing up The Lion King and Pocahontas... Pocahontas was seen as Disney's next big prestige picture, the big mm-hmm. follow-up to Aladdin that was going to be, oh my god, amazing, look what Disney have done again, best picture nominee again. And The Lion King was the sort of weird little experimental film that no one really gave a shit about, and a lot of the lesser talent ended up sort of being pushed mm. onto instead of yeah. Pocahontas. And You're absolutely right. They talk about it on the DVD and... They they really only got, like, I think Andreas Deja was one of the A-list animators, and he came on this because he animated Scar. Scar. Yeah. yeah. And he previously did, like, Gaston and Jafar, and he he just, his favourite Disney film was the original Jungle Book, so he just wanted to animate, uh, you know, uh, mm. animals, creatures. But yeah, Pocahontas was seen as, like, especially after Beauty and the Beast got Oscar nominated, and I think people at the studio were thinking, like, oh, wow, we could actually do this. Because if, you know, like, right after Pocahontas, they did The Hunchback of Notre Dame, another mm. very sort of worthy um yeah awards-baiting animated film. And ironically, The Lion King outshines both of well, those. Well, I, I was going to ask about this, yeah. because I think, in my kind of cultural uh, knowledge of this whole thing, it feels like even people who are Disney fans are kind of like, yeah, it's because I liked him when I was a kid, and I now it's a whole nostalgia thing. Whereas I feel like The Lion King is one of those that you're allowed to like, and there's like no sense of guilt about it. It's like, oh, well, no, that's legit kind of thing. Am I right in that, or is it just my... I I think it's yeah it's become very much that is it, is it because it's, it's just a bit to... less Disney in like it's not just a young princess and a, and like just the same old nonsense. I think probably yeah it yeah is this the first major film that that they've done that's not based on like fairy tales or some kind of folk thing or you know some pre existing well known no, story no 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 there's loads of um... but in terms of like a big thing. Well, yeah, but uh, what's Bambi based on? Is that based on something? I'm pretty sure that's based on a book, but it's but not yeah, like some yeah, like yeah. old... Yeah, but, I mean, but The Lion King is the Lion King's loosely based on Hamlet, mm, if you want to get... Extremely loosely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no more loosely than Hercules was loosely based on Hercules. I mean, 
They have at least got a character called Hercules, though. That's something, isn't it? All right, well, Frozen being based on the snow, like the the Ice Princess, whatever it's called, they're they're always very, you know, malleable Mm. in terms of how they approach these. But I, I guess my question is, did this give the writers here, and I know there's like 29 credited writers or whatever it is, but did this give the creative people a bit more freedom to kind of be looser with the story and like go in the direction they wanted to go rather than, oh, well, you know, we've got the princess and the, and the prince and they've got to get together at the end and all that kind of thing. And I know they don't exactly break the mold here, but it's do you think that might be part of it? Probably. Uh, I'm, I think, yeah, yeah I mean... I don't know if they've ever been beholden to a particular story before. I mean, Beauty and yeah. the Beast, they certainly took a lot of liberties, and Little Mermaid, really, they did. So yeah. um, I don't think that's ever... Yeah, I don't think and, freedom and of storytelling has can... ever been a problem. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. The perception of some films online has just completely changed over the last 15 years as our generation's grown up. And, and I, I remember when I joined IMDb, I think The Lion King was maybe point. Seven, seven point eight, something like that. You know, very, very respectable score. But you look if you look at it now, it's eight point five, number forty four on the top two fifty greatest oh, wow. films of all time. I, I believe it's Disney's highest rated um film on there. Um mm. by a significant margin. So it, it really has become cemented as Disney's jewel in the crown. And I think that is just people our age growing up who then go on IMDb. Well, yeah, but, you know, now we're adults, and so our opinion isn't just poo-pooed. Well, that's that's what I mean. I think Lion King is one of those that stood the test of time more than the others. And it is kind of somehow, culturally, as a general thing, more respected than, say, Little Mermaid, which is a... Well, yeah, Beauty and the Beast has done the same, I should add. Beauty and the Beast, I... um has rocketed it up to like an eight point something, and I think it's in IMDb's top two fifty just as well at the minute. So it it's definitely got to be something to do with attitudes towards animation and Disney films of the nineties, and I think that comes with just the people who grew up watching it growing up. And yeah, so yeah, but I I, I do think. I I don't want to suggest for a second that this film's coasting by on nostalgia because. I I think this is legitimately some of Disney's finest work ever, uh, personally. I mean, I, I think this is probably my favourite Disney film. Hmm. Well, should we um should we go through the film or talk about um certain aspects of it? Um, first of all, I'd like to talk about the opening actually, with um the whole circle of life, the whole animated mm. sequence leading up to Simba's christening. And, uh, yeah, and then that amazing, like, smash cut to the title, The Lion King. And I remember when we watched this soul at, um, university, you claimed that, I think you made the claim that this was the best sort of, you know, pre-title sequence, like, lead into the title, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but you hadn't seen Octopussy at that point, so... You know, you well, know no, what it is. Say- it's that smash to the the. It's the. Boom oh, it's brilliant when the Lion King yeah. appears at the end. It's just like it's like a Be- mic drop. 
<laughs> that whole song is just, and I, and I think like the music is, of course. I mean, Hans Zimmer composed the score, mm. and then it's um, Elton John and Tim yes, Rice on yes, the songs. Yes, and that will infinitely help yeah. its appeal to. And, well, um, yeah. A broader market, I guess. I mean, El- Elton John's music, I'm a big fan of, but then having his music rearranged by Hans Zimmer and Lebo M, who came in and made all these kind of African sounds and arrangements as well, it, it just mm. opens up a whole new... I-, I think the film version of Circle of Life is infinitely superior to the Elton John version. The oh, El- God, yes. And the-, the film version, it's got all these unique... Well, not unique, but you don't hear much African music infused Western music, you know, it's mm. quite a, I don't think there's very much of this sort of stuff in the public consciousness before the Lion King and everything that's come since has kind of been riffing on the Lion King in one way or another. Um, I suppose the soundtrack Hans Zimmer did for Rain Man was a, a kind of blueprint for the music he wrote for the Lion King. Weirdly enough, he was very inspired by uh, African music when he wrote that soundtrack to try and make Rain Man feel like a very alienated character and like he was from another culture and hmm. everything. Um, so you can kind of see, you know, the development there. But, you know, look at the way they approach the music in Black Panther or um, Book of Mormons, an obvious comparison, I suppose, because they directly parody The Lion King at a few points. But... It, it it all kind of points back to the Lion King, I think. Whenever people think of African music now, mm. but yeah, yeah, that that opening sequence is just a perfect encapsulation of all of it. It's it's a wonderful song, beautifully performed, mm. unique. The animation is is gorgeous. The the choice of shots and just everything happening as well. It sets up Africa, and um, they never specify where this film's set, do they? But I think it's generally. Re- Regarded as Kenya, is that right? I think that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I was just thinking that when we were saying like African music and stuff, that is an extraordinarily vague thing to say when it comes down to it. You know, Africa's a pretty well, huge I place. I, you could talk about European music mm. and Asian. No, music. No, don't get me wrong. When you say African music, I know what comes to my mind. But that is as a yeah. European who's grown up with films like The Lion King and those ominous drums in Jumanji, and you know, we're, we're culturally biased <laughs> by these things, but. You know, I, I just, but yeah, I think it is kind of vague, but that doesn't, it is still a, an influence that we don't get very often in, in Western culture, I suppose. So, yeah. yeah. And, and that's it. I'm, I'm always very aware that The Lion King is probably a real white person's bastardized view of African culture. I have no real bearing on the authentic stuff. But at the same time, there were real, you know, as far as I know, Lebo M is sort of, some sort of African heritage or background. So, you know, I don't think it's completely insincere or cultural uh, appropriation or anything like that. I think it's... It doesn't feel insincere, no. no. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's, it's fucking great. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Uh, Hans Zimmer, I believe, was Oscar nominated for his score that he wrote for this film. I don't think, mm. he, I don't think he won. He's never won, has he? Hans Zimmer. I... Or has he? Really? I don't That's know, actually. I don't know. Maybe he has. Oh, no. Oh, no, he did. He won for this. <laughs> I'll take it back. Oh, he, good. he won for this score. Good on him. I mean, the music in this film, ignoring the songs, the, the just the soundtrack, the score is phenomenal. I wasn't it's that so iconic. by the kind of incidental music. 
It's kind really? of the music that was just going on behind the oh, scene. I wasn't, I don't know, it was something it was too, too prominent or something, perhaps. Was that an example? <laughs> no, that's it, yeah. That's it, that's when he's like giving him the whole circle of life speech. <laughs> There's some really iconic musical themes in this film that I, I to the point that I think you could pluck out a, a good three or four of them just like the one I just did there and play them to a, you know just ge- general people on the street of a certain age and they'd go oh it's the Lion King and and it's the point that I can guarantee you they will just lift those themes for the the upcoming remake Point blank. Oh yeah, gonna... I think. Uh, well, well, actually, let, let's not get into that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got a lot to say about that. Um, but yeah, so the film is kind of of two halves. Do you agree? Like, there's the first half, which yeah, is about the young so. Simba, mm-hmm. and then there's a point in the middle where we skip forward a big period of time, and it's adult mm-hmm. Simba. They're quite distinctive, I think. So, shall we start with the first one? Yes. Why not? So yeah, you got you got. Uh, Simba's Simba is presented to the to the uh, planes, all that thing. I the whole okay, <laughs> this is a general moan, which it's a vague one, and I don't want to get too uh, like into it. But this whole kind of monarchy thing, I'm not keen on that. <laughs> and the, like all the other animals are like deferential to the lions because they're so amazing. Like, yeah, because like, if they're not, they'll get their fucking heads ripped off. But they're going to do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, but there, there's well, a they're only going to eat respect. what they need exactly. to eat. I like, I exactly. like that you know Mufasa has that little moment with little Simba, and he's like, "Yeah, don't we eat them?" He's like, yeah, but that's all just circle of life. It's all that's okay. I like that they address that because oh, normally yeah, exactly. in these kinds of cartoons, you never even go near that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they just yeah, we eat them, and then. Um, their bodies, you know, become the ground, and because yeah, that's, just keeps that's going true. Out. You know, that is the yeah. circle of life. It's yeah. fine. It's, yeah, it's mm. great. All those millennial vegans are gonna go nuts <laughs> though when the new one comes out and he gives that speech. My God! <laughs> but I just don't like that they all come to have a look at the new, like the fucking royal baby. That's what it reminded me of when fucking <laughs> Williams <laughs> popping out another baby and everyone cares. You know, <laughs> You know, you know, you know the song, you know, the lyrics of the at the start of the song, the the African lyrics in the background of Circle of Life. Do you know what they mean? Roughly oh, translated, roughly translated, it it's means it's a baby, it's a royal. There's baby. a lion, come and see this lion. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lion, come and see the lion. I th- I think more accurately, it's like, oh father, come and see this lion or something. But it, it it's just basically them going, yeah, come and see a lion. Oh my god, can you believe it? There's a lion. It's like <laughs> when they, when they have a lion or panda or something born in a zoo, and everyone's like, oh, fucking hell, look, it's a baby panda. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, with a panda, it's like shit. They actually managed. That's to really hard it. to make happen. Whereas <laughs> with a lion, it's like, oh, god, there's another one. Is there? <laughs> The animation itself, should mm-hmm. we should we touch on that? Seeing as that's such a big yeah. part of this opening sequence and why it works so well, it's just beautifully, mm. beautifully drawn and and uh, mm. animated. Things uh, get a bit more um, stylized and cartoony yeah. later on, but here it's very, except for the lions, I guess it's all quite sort of realistic. Yeah, it, it's weird. I, that's what I wanted to get into, really, because we covered Aladdin recently, and we we spoke about mm. how gorgeously animated it was, but how it was such a 
an animator's film in that it's so expressive and fluid and stylistic. And watching The Lion King again, it's not really for the most part. There's a, there's a few obvious examples where they have some fun with the medium and get into it, but mm. it largely adopts quite a, like you say, more of a realistic aesthetic than you mm-hmm. typically get in a mm. in what you think of from Disney films. And I don't know, it's kind of an interesting choice, but it's but it is you know it's still breathtakingly high quality animation and there's so much character and acting in, involved with each of the characters mm. in Disney doing their thing mm. where they kind of hand each character off to a specific animator to work on and mm. so yeah it does flip flop like mm. there are scenes where i mean i guess most notably the um i just can't wait to be king sequence is very cartoony mm, yeah. and um anthropomorph anthropomorphized animals and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff yeah um but, it, but yeah, but then like with the wildebeest stampedes, it's and I guess it's it's to create, it's to separate the characters and their species from the rest of the animals. Because yeah. if we understood that the wildebeest were you know creatures that could be reasoned with on a human <laughs> yeah. level, surely Simba yeah. would be like, "Hey guys, let's stop here and not stample stampede me and my dad to death." Yeah, imagine if it was a stampede of warthogs and they were all just. Pumba <laughs> going, oh god, oh no! <laughs> It'd be a very different film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but I, I just find that a curious distinction. I guess mm. it needed to be made that there is, like, you know, the more human y animals and then there is animals yeah. beyond that, yeah. um, which behave like wild animals yeah. would. The, the, uh, the stampede sequence was a a big milestone in animation history as well. It was, um, I think, the first time they'd used, a, or at least used at this scale, a kind of animation tool that allowed them to kind of automate mass-replicated animation. Um, mm. my, my understanding is each of those wildebeests, uh, they're CGI animated, aren't they? The wildebeest, I think. Is that? Yes. And, and each one was kind of the result of a computer program that just sort of decided where they were all going to be placed and made sure they couldn't run into each other and there were all these bits mm. of coding keeping it working <laughs> making it look like an actual stampede um, mm. but I, I believe it was quite a you know groundbreaking bit of um, animation and, mm. and just on a technical level when they made it and they they certainly spoke about it saying there's no way they could have put something together on that scale um, using their old techniques, um, mm. so mm. yeah, and it works well. You know, it's not like you look at it and go, "Ugh, fucking shitty CGI." What's that about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. Yeah, I mean, there was Aladdin, um, of yeah. course, which did the thing with the, you know, with the cave. Yeah, and that's the it. When environment you cave, was like, CG, <laughs> and that just kind of yeah really stands out. Yeah. And then even in Beauty and the Beast, when they're going around that ballroom and it's CG and it's like, okay, this is, I think this like fits in almost seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it doesn't take you out, which is great. Yeah, completely. Shall we talk about the cast? Oh yeah. Let's actually. This film has a very eclectic cast, a very, very impressive cast, actually. I I think it's Mm. so many people firing on, on all cylinders and you know, doing some of their best work. I mean, maybe maybe this is me being very biased towards the 
nostalgic film that I grew up with and introduced me to many of these people. But mm. I would argue this is the highlight of many of these people's careers. You don't think the Stepford Wives for Matthew Broderick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I, I certainly, I, I see Nathan Lane, I think of Timon to this day. Like, mm. he will forever mm. be Timon to me. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. I'm alone in that. And I, I think the same is true of James Earl Jones and Mufasa for anyone who doesn't immediately see him as Darth Vader. <laughs> um, mm. I'd say this is very much his second most well-known role, if not that. But beyond it's funny that, how he can know, more I... or less do the same voice and yet yeah, have completely mm. different, um, yeah. Uh, have you know, he he has reactions. He has such a very specific cadence. <laughs> he talks very <laughs> slowly, and then he speeds up very much at the end of the sentence. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king. You need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. <laughs> so he's got a very odd way of talking, but it never really struck me till recently. But I think he he, he mm. does that as Darth Vader as well, doesn't he? He's, he's you know, do not mm. disappoint me. Um, Jeremy Irons, even. Oh yes, Jeremy Irons. Who's I, I was going to say he he is he is Scar mm. to me. When I watch him in a film, I think, oh, it's Scar, but that's <laughs> oh, what yeah. he looks like, yeah. is it? Life's not fair, is it? You see, I, well, I shall never be king. <laughs> and you shall never see the light of another day. <laughs> and you. I, I always found it really odd that they got a singing voice in for Matthew Broderick to say that he's literally a Broadway star. But then I rewatched The Lion King 2 and he has a song where it's just him performing and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. quite and the, they same. Did the same. With, they did the same with uh, Young Simba as well because Young Simba is voiced by Jonathan Taylor Thomas mm. who was Home Improvement. one of the breakout stars of Home Improvement. Yeah, and then they had a singing voice <laughs> for him as well. Yeah, interesting. And then yeah. they have a different singing voice for that hideous sequence they added to the like anniversary DVD or whatever it was. Oh God! That I forgot yeah. to turn off when I was rewatching it because you've got to go through about the five morning minutes. report. Yeah. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Chimps are going ape. Giraffes remain above it all. Elephants remember, though, just what I can't recall. Crocodiles are snapping up fresh authors from the banks. Showed interest in my nest egg, but I quickly said no thanks. We haven't paid the hornbills, and the vultures have a hunch. Not everyone invited will be coming back from lunch. <laughs> did that? Did that jump out at you, Alan? As not being part of the film? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Ah, oh, because the animation looks different, and Rowan Atkinson isn't voicing Zazu anymore, it's Jeff Bennett. Yeah, it's an awful shit attempt at Rowan Atkinson. Who talks like Sire? And then Simba's suddenly <laughs> a completely different kid voicing him that doesn't sound anything like him, mm. and, and the, it, the song's just shit. It's like, yeah, this was yeah. clearly the, the song that Elton John and Tim Rice left on the cutting room floor and didn't mm. figure out. Just like if they went back into Aladdin and just crowbarred Proud of Your Boy, in which they're, they're obsessed with that mm. song, but it's shit. Uh, they, um, for the morning report, I think if you bought a, the DVD of The Lion King for a certain time, like, that was just included in the film. Fortunately, it's included on the Blu-ray as a supplement. It's not in the film anymore, thank yeah. goodness. 
Yeah, I, I was. I've got the DVD, and it you can watch the original cut of the film, but it's very, mm. very difficult to figure out how to get it to play that version mm. of the film. It, you've got That's to go annoying. through about ten different menu screens. It, it's really awkward. Mm. Mm. Matthew Broderick's fine as Simba. He's got a real sort of generic white guy <laughs> voice. That's fine. He's got a yeah. real kind of. You're warm to a guy who just kind of talks like this. You know, it's, it's fine. It, it works. Gets the job done. Uh, Rowan Atkinson as Zazu. Mm. Great. I'm surprised he hasn't had more animated voice work, to be honest, than he has. He doesn't even come back for, like, the sequels and stuff, does he? Like, yeah, he's he the him. only person who's, like, blatantly missing in those other films. I mean, James L. Jones isn't yeah. in them either, but he is long dead, and it makes sense that he's not in them. James Earl Jones is alive. Mufasa. Oh, the character, you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I just mean, like, uh, Zazu is recast with someone else. Like, I think he's the only character they recast instead of just leaving them out of the film altogether. Yeah, and, you know, obviously Rowan Atkinson's too too busy for doing his Johnny English films. <laughs> Boom. Uh, well, he was so... developing Johnny English at this point, wasn't he? Was that why was, it, right. was he in Hollywood trying to negotiate a deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's too busy filming a Barclays <laughs> pen advert or whatever it was. Uh, so here's someone who I don't know from anything else apart from this, uh, but very iconic, Ernie Sabella as Pumba. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Mm, That's yeah, someone who know. actually, this is the highlight of his career, as yeah. opposed to everyone <laughs> yeah. else you've said it about. Hey, Jamon, it's just a little lion. Look at him. He's so cute and all alone. Can we keep him? It's fair. And you know, he's he's a great Pumba. You could probably put a lot of people in that role and it'd work. But he still brings a lot of warmth to it. He still does a very good job. I mean, Nathan Lane, what a voice. Nathan Lane. That's just... No, oh, he's brilliant. That's like yeah. a... That is a get. That is... Wow. <laughs> you found a voice there. That is perfect. What do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? Well, just a, a, a thing about the film in general, which is relevant to the actors and, and the character they bring to it. Part of my problem in the whole film was that I loved Scar. I just loved Scar so much. And I thought great. Simba was brilliant. a bit of a dick. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really on board with the whole Simba the hero thing. It wasn't... But Simba is kind of a dick till he comes back at the end. You, you sort of, you know... And Scar is a cock as well, let's be honest. I mean, you, 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 you must at least objectively not agree no, with Scar's I liked him decision all the way through. To, to kill in cold blood and lie to a child. This is, I mean, that is in the greatest tradition of, of royal family, though. I mean... Oh, well, that makes it all right, then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what you do. you got you got to kill your way. I mean, let's face it. If you're a lion, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> Male lions, they fight each other, and then the strongest one wins, and they take over the pride. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I like the... Um... He says, you know, I, I got all the brains, you got all the brawn, and then he uses his brains to fuck over the brawn, and, and yeah, I, I like mm. that. I, I think he's a well-realized villain insofar as, you know, he's got a bit more 
than just two dimensions about him. Um, I mean, he's still doing nasty things. He's still being a bad person. Yeah, but you've got mm. to love a bastard, haven't you? <laughs> he has the best song in the film, for sure. Oh. For me, anyway. Oh. Be Prepared is awesome. And, and I yeah, love that whole going sequence. Back to the, yeah, going back to the music for a second. I mean, Elton John, it makes sense. Circle of Life, yeah, makes sense. Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah, that sounds like an Elton John song. But then Be Prepared, and I Just Can't Wait to Be King, and Akuna Matata even... It's like, where did that come from? That doesn't sound like Elton John. Mm. Like, and I think that's, I think that is the mixture of Elton John and these other collaborate uh, collaborators he's working with. But God, mm. yeah, the, the songs in this film are amazing. I mean, God, this this basically launched Elton John's Broadway career, didn't it? I mean, <laughs> I thought you were going to say career then. Big <laughs> <laughs> deal beforehand. This was the highlight of his career. I think you'll find. <laughs> well, I, I think it arguably was, and I'm a fan. <laughs> Name a better Elton John album than this: Yellow Brick Road. Nah, I mean, it's good, but it's no Lion King. I'm surprised that there is only like there is only five songs in the whole thing, isn't there? Mm. Like, I just remember the B. Yeah. I always thought there were more, but there is. There's Circle of Life, Can't Wait to Be King, Be Prepared, Akuna Matata, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah. That can't wait to be king. That that one was that was the one that felt like a Disney song, if you know what I mean. Oh uh, yeah. Whereas yeah. likes of Hakuna Matata. Oh, Hakuna Matata does as well. But no, but that has a totally different feel it's somehow, and it might just be the lyrics and and the, 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 the central figure is this word that none of us know. You know what I mean? It's like a. Mm. It gives it a strange feeling. It's it more, it's more abstract somehow. Mm. Well, at this point, the usual um, Howard Ashman and um, Alan Menken um, partnership, Howard Ashman had died, and he was responsible for the, a lot of the lyrics for The Little Mermaid yeah. and um, half of the songs for Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, and he very much likes to do kind of like, you know, Broadway sort of numbers with a lot of wordplay yeah. uh, and all that kind of stuff, whereas I think Tim Rice Internal is maybe rhyming. A, Right, like, yeah. Like, yeah. as a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Whereas I think, yeah, Tim Rice probably has a more, I don't want to say mature sensibility, but you know what I mean. Mm. Less kiddie. Oh, God, I love the music in this film. And yeah, Be Prepared is just such an... Ing- that, that, that's another sequence where they really let the animators have some fun and, and mm. throw some new shades of colour into the mix. And, and mm. you get that arguably a bit over-the-top goose-stepping hyena sequence where a lot of digital <laughs> effects at play there as well, actually, but less mm. less subtle. <laughs> um, mm. But I love it. And, I mean, that is Scar just... Again, some of the acting there. When he, when he does his, of course, quid pro quo, you're expected, and he, like, runs his finger across his neck. It's just... Oh, it's so good. Mm. Quid pro quo, you're expected to take certain duties on board. The future is littered with prizes, and though I've made a the point that I must emphasize is you won't get a sniff without me! I definitely want to talk about Mufasa dying at some point, unless there's anything mm. else in the first like chunk of the film that you guys want to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so Mufasa, uh, Simba's dad, of course, dies, and it's one of the, I think, one of the most famous deaths in all of movies. Um, mm. And yeah, I cry 
every single time. It's the music, it's the acting, oh, it's God, it, yeah. it's just all so perfect. <laughs> it goes oh. kind of abstract, um, like when uh, Mufasa's falling down into the mm-hmm. stampeding wildebeest below. It's just a beautiful, beautiful sequence. And then Simba coming up afterwards and nuzzling his dad and uh, you know asking him to get up and stuff. It's oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. Mm. Alan, you know what, how do you feel you know about what, yeah, it? Okay. Do you know why? Because I did make this note that I think part of my problem with this film is that it left me emotionally cold somehow. And I think mm. it's because I didn't care about Simba at any point. But that, that, what, even when he was an innocent child, you had yeah, done I just didn't wrong. give a toss about him. And but he's a cat. You like cats, exactly. But so but, it's meant to. But that that scene you're just talking about, while you're talking about the the emotional response that I had was like, yeah, go on, Scar, you've long live the king, victorious oh God, right, moment. I think you're a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. <laughs> But you're just reading things very differently to most but, people. But genuinely, that is what I took from that scene, and then I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And I, I and and I think that's why I just didn't. Not to say I didn't like the film. We'll get onto that. But I, I, I didn't like get me. Do you know what I mean? It didn't grab me, and I, it's, it was. Mm. I didn't. I didn't get emotionally connected to it, uh, and I think I just missed that somehow. I I think I'm with Calvin. I I think it's just it's the way the music swells, the the, the animation on Simba, everything about how that scene is put together is just perfect. I I've never found the scene in Bambi where his mum dies to be remotely affecting. It, it quite annoys me to be honest because his his mum gets shot and he doesn't even give a shit. He just comes out and goes, "Mum, where are you?" Oh, whatever. And then it goes like ten years later and he's dealt with it. So you don't see any of the fallout. Whereas this film takes a bit of time to really revel in this, like, the sorrow and, and just let it sink in and, and make you confront it properly. And it's heartbreaking. And and I do think they, you know, I think it came from making Bambi and similar um, scenes in their films and just sort of thinking, well, what worked about this? What didn't work about this? And I basically think they perfected mm. it here. I think this is peak that and yeah it's emotionally manipulative it's a cute little cat crying like of course that's think working it, on an extra level i don't think it's manipulative it feels because you've had the whole setup it's totally justified in terms of the story it doesn't feel like they're trying to get you each with a cheap hit of emotion it's totally uh, justified yeah i just yeah, mean i just that. mean if it was a human i wouldn't care <laughs> yeah i'm with you on that <laughs> That is another thing that I love about that sequence, actually, because you have this whole stampede sequence, which is very exciting. Then you have the emotional trauma of having Mufasa die. And then Scar sets his hyenas on Simba, and then there's another action sequence as he's trying to get away. It's like, you don't really have... that. You don't you catch your breath until he's um, out in the desert, which is great, I think. Um, it's mm. quite a, yeah, exhilarating set of scenes. Okay, so here's here's another reason why I think Scar gets fucked over in this film, right? Because first of all, how come the hyenas are cut out of the circle of life and aren't respected and are basically told to piss off and die? I agree, yeah. But so Scar's Scar's <laughs> just trying to, you know, help them out. No, and then- well, can I can I say something why I don't think Scar was fucked over? Because when Scar takes over, the whole fucking country goes to shit. 
Exactly. Like, That's exactly so why he's he a, was fucked so over. So he's a bad. He's a bad leader. He uh, doesn't what, deserve what the What king? What leader can make a, a drought go away? It's not that they've they've no, placed his turn to shit because he's ruling it badly. There's a drought. It is. Yeah. There's it no is rain. Completely that he's shit at ruling and managing it. He's letting. He's letting. There's no resource management. He's letting people hunt and eat the wrong things. And well, it's he's, because he's, he's let not, all the the scummy working class hyenas get their fair share. Because he's a no, he's, he's, a, like he's more a than a lion of the people. That's the problem. He's not and rationing out. Your middle class bourgeois lions uh, aren't happy about it. <laughs> this film is a anti-communist message. That's <laughs> anti-socialism. <laughs> Quite right. It is from Disney. <laughs> D- Disney, who currently are in the process of buying up the every world. company ever made. <laughs> but this is it, you know. I I don't think Scar can, you know make the rains come any sooner. It's uh, it's getting fucked over. It's not his fault. The lionesses are refusing to hunt just because they don't like him. No, because he's a bad leader and he has Yeah, he's not good at man management. He's not good at getting the best out of his team. Yeah, because he's rude and he's rude and he doesn't (laughs) value and appreciate them. It's because he knows how he treated Zazu. (laughs) Yeah, but fair enough. He's a a bad ruler. (laughs) Yeah, Mm. well if if he'd taken over and it had thrived under his rule yeah fair enough we'd we'd talk simba <laughs> wouldn't have had to come back would he nala would never have been sent off as far afield to to stumble into him and it wouldn't have been a problem wouldn't that be great if like simba comes back like a few years later just to sort of like he feels like oh maybe the dust has settled i can go back and everyone's just like living in this utopia everyone loves scar <laughs> and he's just like oh shit and they're like, Mufasa who? What? <laughs> That'd be great. But instead, he goes to live with Timon and Pumba. Yeah. Now, who... as a ch- as a kid, I was fucking obsessed with Timon. He was like my favourite thing. The most annoying oh. character in the film. <laughs> I liked Zazu the best. He was the oh, one I was... Zazu was my second favourite. <laughs> I could have yeah. guessed that. <laughs> I love Timon and Pumbaa. I, I I loved their cartoon series. I had a VHS t- a dining out with Timon and Pumbaa or something like that. <laughs> what was that? It was, it, it was a collection of like three or four episodes of their cartoon that had like a vague a vague theme of food. All right. I don't I don't think Nathan Lane yeah. uh, reprised the role for the TV show. I think it was oh, really? uh, like... no. Yeah, but as a kid, I couldn't tell uh... the difference. You you give me a guy going what a mook and and I was I was cracking <laughs> up I loved it. <laughs> they had a music video of um, the lion sleeps tonight as well, didn't they? I remember that game. Oh, that was on play. the end of a different one. Yeah, my my video had um, oh. mine had yummy yummy yummy. I've got love in my tummy <laughs> at the end, but they changed the words to I've got bugs in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> yummy yummy yummy. I got bugs in my tummy, and I feel like mm. munching you. God, I, I, Jesus Christ! I haven't thought about this in years. It's like ingrained in my head. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I, I was gonna describe, uh, 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 describe them as the breakout characters of the thing, but I, I don't actually think they are. I think. I think they the were. The whole film is breakout characters, really. I think they were back in 1994 through to about 5, 6, 7. 
I I feel like the dust has settled. People don't really care anymore. But I do think they were the breakout characters. I mean, God, yeah, the, the Lion King three was positioned around them. You know, mm. I I think that's testament to mm. it. Well, yeah, the fact they've had a TV the TV series based around them. If you're gonna yeah, if you're gonna make a fun kids series, it's gonna be those characters, isn't it? They have since done a, mm. a TV cartoon sequel to The Lion King, uh, which is about Simba and his kids and stuff, I think, as well. But yeah. It, the Lion Guard, yes. Is it Simba's kid or is it Simba's daughter's kid? It, it, they, they keep the continuity with the, uh, oh, the second one, actually. Yeah, so Simba's daughter from that is in it. Um, yeah, and it's about a young lion cub who patrols the savannah with a couple of his mates. There's like a leopard and a hippo and a bird and a beaver sort of thing. Oh no, a honey badger. It's a honey badger. That's what it is. Yeah. And they have, uh, yeah, adventures uh, around the jungle. Just what, just while you're on Pum- Timon and Pumba, just quickly, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> there's a scene near the end where Pumba sort of defiantly goes, they call me Mr. Pig. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> that was the worst reading of that line. It's and a odd. reference to uh, In the Heat of the Night. Mr. Yeah, yeah. Quite a famous line, but I mean, that was made in 1967. I, I just don't know why it's here. I don't know why it's in a kid's film. They're not going to get it. It's not, doesn't really make any sense in context. It, why, what, who put that in? <laughs> Whose little it's personal favour was that? <laughs> I assume it was a bigger deal in 94 somehow, but I have no idea. I have no idea. But it wasn't a time. That's the line that my dad really picked up on. Like, my dad would always shout that when he was like, Chasing me around the house <laughs> when I was a kid. Wait a minute. Can we just delve into that story a little deeper? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your dad chased you around the house sh- saying, they call me Mr. Pig. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember uh, exactly what the context was, but I remember him saying it. Uh, I think this is it. a therapy session uh, to still to come. Are they a couple? Timon and Pumba. Yes. Oh, I've never, never considered that. Well, this is it. Like, but they, they refer to it as like, oh, Simba gets adopted by this same-sex couple. I mean, I, I guess that might be a more modern reading on it. Like, yeah, I, I don't, suppose they are just buddies. I don't think they, it's intended as I mean, that, no. You know, Timon's willing to give up his life for um, the sake of his friend. I, f- I feel like there was a girl, Timon, that Timon used to pursue in the cartoon occasionally, but I'm trying to remember if I <laughs> oh, just well. imagined it or not. That sounds believable. <laughs> but t- Timon's, yeah, I mean, he does do it in this a little bit, but Timon does strike you as someone who would be in drag a lot, like in a kind of old, <laughs> old-time old Bugs Bunny style. <laughs> uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But um, in the third film, Calvin, as I don't know if you've seen, the... The one that focuses no, on Timon and Pumbaa's story. It is much, it's basically how they met and, and all that sort of thing. And it's much more focused on friendship. There's never any kind of romantic inclination to it, particularly. And well, I, I know they're not going to ever, like, come out and say it. Like, um, Yeah, but it's not even It's not even implied or anything. It's, it's, it's not even hinted mates. at in the, yeah. But, but also, it always in that film anyway, it feels like Timon takes on the parental role. And Pumba's just sort of there, kind of more like the kind of friendly He's uncle. He's like a dog who can speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Timon's the one who sort of takes parental responsibility. So no, it, it never comes across that way. And in the just speaking on the first film alone, I, no, I don't think it is. It never struck me as mm. that. It's just sort of... I hadn't considered it, though. It's uh, yeah. Are they gay icons? 
Uh, well, also, also, I guess the fact feeding into that is that Nathan Lane is voicing. Oh, of course, Timo, yeah. And obviously, he's gay in real life. So, I, I think it's a reading that is there, whether it's intentional oh, or not. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he put a bit of that into his performance. Certainly, that's the kind of thing I could totally buy. Mm. Yeah. Well, t- Timon yeah. and Pumba, we do get that they've been sort of shunned from their normal mm. lives for some reason. We we yeah, we find out that Pumba it's because he, he stinks. Flatulent. Uh, but we never get an explanation of why Timon has been shunned from home. Well, uh, you know, there, there, there was. I mean, we'll we'll get basically a huge portion of the Lion King three is adapted from a cut verse from Akuna Matata that was written oh, really? and storyboarded. And, no, um, hmm. so yeah, <laughs> okay. but uh, we'll get into that in a bit, I suppose. But there is, there is a, I suppose there is an element of camp about Timon. Uh, maybe that's what I meant when I was talking about mm. the drag thing. Maybe that's what I was getting at, really. Mm. Uh, and and you know, Nathan Lane and his voice obviously gives that uh, an element of that as well. But yeah, it's just a sort of mm. funny camp character. Maybe Pumba's gay. I can see Pumba like just being in love with Timon, and Timon just like too oblivious to pick up on it the whole time yeah, until the end and then and then when Timon realizes he's in love with Pumba he like makes it sound like it was his idea all along <laughs> uh so the climax specifically the fight between Simba and Scar's a bit of a letdown isn't it when they try to do that slow motion yeah thing yeah. i guess it's yeah. just a lack of ideas for how to make a compelling fight because it is two lions on a rock yeah. and they can't really do a whole lot it does feel like it's lacking a moment where i don't know where timon's like simba over here and like throws a branch of like on fire for him to catch it, it feels like it's lacking something and and certainly that shot you mentioned yeah. specifically that is just kind of like, ugh, this, this is like they've tried something with the animation, but they, they want to do mm. slow motion, but they don't want to have to animate it frame by frame because it would be painstaking. Yeah. And so they do this horrible <laughs> effect on it. And, ugh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Simba just sort of wins and then spares Scar's life. But then, of course, he's going to try and kill him anyway. So he mm. feeds him to the uh, hyenas. And then mm-hmm. it starts raining because I guess the drought was a symbolism thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because Simba's such a good leader. It started raining. Mm. God knew that he is the true. Well, leader. to be fair, his dad right is in clouds. So. Exactly. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, actually, mm-hmm. that does make perfect sense. If his, dad is controlling, uh, if his dad is controlling the clouds, then, yeah, he could make it stop raining. And make exactly. It stop. Mm. So, anything else to, to add? No, in the, I mean, I think it's an absolute masterpiece. I think I'm on the record in our Beauty and the Beast episode as saying that that's my favourite of the feature Disney animated films. Uh, and I, I, I think it's actually this. I think this is just really? a stunning piece of work. Yeah, yeah no, it's I, I phenomenal. Thought, I thought you were going to come on and be very lukewarm about The Lion King for whatever reason. I just thought you weren't going to be that bothered about it. No, but no that's interesting. No, I, I I think it's yeah, absolutely brilliant. It's phenomenal. Well, I I agree. Piece of I work. think it's I I think it is Disney's finest work, and I you know say that as someone who thinks very highly of Disney's productions for the most part. Maybe I'd lean towards a couple of different films purely if I was trying to point to the best animation, as in the drawings that they've ever done. But other than that, yeah, it's just 
everything about it comes together beautifully. So I'm I'm going to give it a ten out of ten if we're rating it. Whoa! It gets a ten out of ten from oh. me as well. Whoa! Like uh, so, it, I did. It did feel me leaving a little bit. Left me a little bit cold. Like I said, I didn't feel emotionally connected. And things you've praised, such as the animation, we've been through this before. You guys really respond to animation. It never. Like I don't see the difference particularly, or maybe I do on some subliminal level, but I don't. I don't go. Oh my god, that's amazing. That looks great. Also, the music. I've never. I never respond to music. So I think the things well, you that you weren't uh, allowed it in your house growing up. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, generally there was no music in a house. That's not a joke. But the, there was. I, I think the things that you're responding to are not things that I respond to. So this is perhaps a, a personal reflection on my score. But I gave it a pretty standard seven. That's, that's all right. Like I, said, I, I enjoyed it. It's perfectly it. entertaining. Yeah, yeah I, I thought you were going to give it a six. So that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, that's all right. Right. So, did you two watch um, a couple of the sequel films? There are three, oh, I yeah. believe. There's in three films, not t- there are two sequels. Yeah. yeah. I remember when The Lion King 2 Simba's Pride came out and not really understanding, like, what? They've made a, they've made a sequel, but it's just going to video? It's not even going to be on in the cinema? What? I don't think I really got it as a kid. It was like, that's weird. Why would you do that? <laughs> um, but I remember being really excited and watching it. And, and I think as a not particularly discerning little kid, I don't think I could really tell much of a difference. Um, mm. like, I, I obviously didn't like it as much as The Real Lion King, but I think I was very happy to sit down and watch it. And Yeah, likewise. I think it, it was one of those um, in the series when Disney were big on churning out yeah. uh, video releases of sequels. I think I've seen almost all of Disney's straight-to-video sequels at this point, and they are predominantly mm. awful. <laughs> I think this is one of the very best of the bunch. This is one mm. where they really tried and put some yeah. effort in. But it's, you know, it's their straight-to-video wing. It's not the same talent <laughs> being called upon. And they they fall into this trap repeatedly throughout all of these straight-to-video films where they just kind of end up doing, well, maybe the characters from the first film are married and they've got kids, and then the kids do the exact same story. Yeah. Maybe that's what the film is. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I have to say, I haven't seen these sequels before, so this is my first time, and I was sort of pleasantly surprised in, in, in a way. Yeah, like you say, I, it held up pretty well i i enjoyed it i enjoyed just general basic watch as much as i had the first yeah. one the the animation is far better than these straight to video productions typically bothered with so i think they really pulled out the stops to make it as good as they could here it's obviously not as good as the the lion king but it's mm-hmm. you know not bad for a straight to video film mm. um and the music, I think that's what really sets this one apart, is although yeah. Elton John didn't come back, Lebo M did. Hmm. And some of the songs written for The Lion King 2 are wonderful. I mean, to the point that I've, I've seen the soundtrack to the upcoming remake, and they've just cribbed one of the... pinched one of the songs from Simba's Pride to put hmm. in a new film, because apparently, I think it was in the Broadway show as well, He Lives in You, which is the, hmm. um, the kind of new circle of life when they do that opening sequence again.
and, and, and to be fair, it's an amazing song. He lives in you. Brilliant. Mm. I must I must say, I was watching this film and there was this action sequence, the music's on, and I was like, this is just Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it genuinely took me a couple of seconds to go, oh yeah, of course, that's Saul's big thing. He's always talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I genuinely thought that. So it was obviously like stuck out to me as well. Yeah. Um, so the story basically in Simba's Pride is he's now the thing, he's got a little daughter. But what we're introduced to is that the fact that Scar apparently has this whole other family that he keeps, you know, his side piece, which is completely new. Well, lion, lions did just go off fucking loads of lionesses, didn't they? That's... No. Yeah, they do, that's... Only in their... They, they have their they pride, they, they have their family thing, and that's it. No, lions, lions do what they want, man. Anyway, the point is, he's apparently got this cub, which is like, the ages don't match up. Like, it would have had to be conceived after Scar had died. Doesn't really make sense. But then there's also this, this like, throwaway line where it's like, oh, you know, I know Scar's not his real father, but he took him in. It's like, oh, okay. So, obviously, he's going to end up getting together with Simba's thing. They just had to kind of go, well, let's not make it too incestuous, shall we? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Let's just have it. Oh yeah, it's just a totally different cub from somewhere else. We don't even know where. So yeah, good. That's good writing. That that's just a quick little line to make yeah. it all right. Make it. Work. Why does he look Fine. like Scar then? Because <laughs> he because he molded him in his image, didn't he? <laughs> Lions all look the same for a start. Racist. And then he just gave him like a haircut to look like him. Oh, speaking of haircut, I hate Simba's trendy nineties mane. With his like curtains, that was annoying me. <laughs> All right, <laughs> just like a nubbin. I don't like Simba. That's this is my problem with this. <laughs> hmm. Just a toss. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. You like Matthew Broderick as well. I like Ferris yeah. Bueller. It's different. <laughs> so, what about if he turned up at the end of the film after the credits in a dressing gown? And then... <laughs> what? You're still here? <laughs> Go, go on. Be a bow, bow. <laughs> oh, that would be good, actually, if when, when Nala first appears and they look at each other and he's like, Nala, Simba? Bow, bow. <laughs> I would have liked this film a lot more. If you're going to put in a fucking In the Heat of the Night reference, you may as well put it. So yeah, in so in the in Simba's pride, yeah, they they grow up. They so we we it's all about the two of these like learning to uh, sort of respect each other. These two sort of warring families, and Simba obviously the one who has to. It's it's done quite nicely. Like he's he's like shuns them and like oh no they're evil, and then he's like oh well you know I shouldn't blame him for the sins of the father, and then sort of working against him, so he's like, oh, hang on, he was bad all along, I knew it, I knew I should never have trusted those dirty scar pride from the wrong side of the tracks. And then, you know, they all learn to love each other at the end and, and all that. I, I, it works quite nicely, I think it's, uh, it makes sense. It's, you know, you yeah. got your, they, they, they're not, I'll tell you what they're not too bad for, which sequels sometimes are, is like hammering in your favourite characters, because, you know, you got mm. Rafiki in there, you got yeah, Timon I- and Pumba. But it feels natural. It feels like they're in place and 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 they're doing what yeah. they would be doing. So it was. It felt balanced as a film rather than as fan service. Mm. Yeah, um, 
and the new characters are largely not too trying. Andy Dick uh, has a career best in this film, in that it's I think the only the only thing I've ever seen him in where he isn't distractingly annoying. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't know it was Andy Dick until I saw his name in the credits, so um, that's saying something, I think. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, that Rowan Atkinson presumably costs more than Matthew Broderick. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, it might just be that he wasn't yeah. available wasn't in LA. Wasn't prepared to do it. There's a bit of a gender-swapped remake um, vibe about this film, isn't there? It's kind of like Lady oh, yeah. Simba versus Lady Scar. Yeah, yeah. And that's nice. I, I think I it, 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 yeah. it works. But I didn't really consider that until recently. I was like, oh, yeah. That that'd be that would be a thing now. The internet would get upset about it if this got made now. Well, to be honest, it's like there's nothing in here that's like, well, you know, you can't do that. You're a girl. There's, there's none of that. It's always ju- it's always about her having to. Oh my god, this is I'm gonna have to take on this responsibility. I'm not sure if I want that. Oh, hang on, but mm. I want. And she has to stand up for what she believes in all that. It's not yeah. the gender thing really doesn't come into it at all. Uh, yeah, really. yeah. Completely. And I think I think it's nice, especially with lions. You know, considering. Well, yeah, they you know, are such a, lionesses are yeah. the kind of the hunter gatherers, and and the the male lion just sort of sits on his ass all day until he's ready to do some humping, and huh. yeah, it's uh, you know the the man's job is to fight the other male lions that come sniffing around. Yeah, you know what's good, like going back to the music as well. The other songs they they are really good in this for a straight to video Disney sequel. You think about the songs we got in those Aladdin sequels. That We Are One song in this is like, if that had been in the first Lion King, it'd be the weakest song in the film, but it wouldn't feel out of place, you know? It it, it fits. Um, mm-hmm. And My Lullaby is a decent little villain song. It's no Be Prepared, mm. but it's it's respectable. Yeah, um, I, yeah One of I, Us is great. I the that, o- the only one that really sticks out is a bit shit is Upendi. And I think that's largely just because they keep going... You pendy? It means love, doesn't it? I bet it means love. In your pendy, you're gonna fall in you pendy. You can beat the bush like there's no tomorrow. From Changanika to Kilimanjaro, but you'll find you pendy wherever you are. Underneath the sun. Pendy, it means love, doesn't it? Welcome to you pendy. In you pendy. The way the passion fruit grows sweet. That annoy you, Alan? No, it it's was obviously just like, oh, let's try and do another Hakuna Matata, and that's that. Yeah, song. well, I think it's more another. I can't wait to be king. I just can't wait to be king. They do the whole like animation, bright yeah, colors. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, but yeah, you're right. It felt legitimate yeah it didn't feel like it was knocked off i think that's yeah. probably the thing yeah it felt like someone had put the effort in yeah well basically i i think the the high quality of the music the acting the largely returning cast the uh the animation even it goes a long way towards covering up what is quite a ultimately uninspired not particularly great film it's it's a really kind of mediocre film that's just got loads of stuff to like peppered around in it, and it, it ultimately comes out being one of the best Disney straight-to-video films they ever made, um, which isn't a very high bar, admittedly, but you could do a lot worse than this. I, I would give it a 6 out of 10. Hmm. Yeah, I was very comfortable with this. I was happy with it. I gave it a 7. Fair enough. 
I don't think I can really rate it. It's been so long since I've seen it. Fair enough. And then, quite a while later, and really, I would say substantially too late, um, Hmm. they came back for a third film, The Lion King One and a Half, Mm -hmm. uh, later renamed The Lion King 3 Hakuna Matata, which is much less good a name. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, which is the sort of Timon and Pumbaa movie, largely. Timon and and Pumbaa spin-off. It saddens me that this film didn't exist when I was a kid, because I would have fucking loved it. A whole (laughs) Timon and Pumbaa movie. Genuinely, I think I I would have been obsessed with this. (laughs) I was so into their shitty little cartoon they had, like... <laughs> to actually have this with Nathan Lane and Timon's backstory and Marge Simpson, yeah, great. <laughs> well, I, uh, I this is the first time I've ever seen this one uh, when I just watched it today. In fact, I think it might be my favourite of the three. Oh, all right. How how controversial is that statement? Well, <laughs> considering I wasn't that you, fussed about the origin, the first one. For you, not that controversial, because I'm going to come out and say it. This is, by a mile, the best Disney straight-to-video sequel. Out of, hmm. Like I say, I've seen, I think, all of them. There might be a couple of Tinkerbell movies I haven't seen, if they count. But, um, mm. And I, I mean, if, if I was going to... If they said, right, you've got three Lion King films, it's Sunday afternoon, you've got to watch one of them, this would be the one i pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like no, just I as a kind of that. casual well, throwaway watch. I, yeah, like I, like I say, I, I was so sad rewatching this because I would have loved this so much as a kid. Because I think as a kid, this would have been my favorite of the three because I love Timon so much. Mm. Um, I think they were very smart in that they realized they had nothing to trade on with Lion King sequels apart from nostalgia. So they were like, "Fuck it, let's just let's just do the first film again, but we'll kind of play around with it, have some fun." Calvin, do you know what this film is? I know that it's like a prequel or something. Um, is it like a midquel? Well, what I thought, what I'd been told, I guess, was it's the story in the middle of Lion King where Simba goes off with him and grows up and then he comes back. So it's oh, like right, that okay. bit. But then when I actually watched it, that is part, a little bit of it, but mm. not much. It's mostly Timon and Pumbaa's backstory and lead up to it. And then yeah. a kind of side story during it. Yeah, Lion from King. their perspective. It really revels in showing you scenes from The Lion King from their point of view, and mm. you know, but- and then and they get a lot of mileage out of, you know, there's a scene early on where they're trying to find a home to live in, and then they get woken up by this loud ruckus, and it's it's the it's the um, I just can't wait to be king musical number taking place, and they're like, oh, we're in the theater district, and he like whacks one of the hippos or something and that's what caused them to fall over in the lion king it's, it's that sort of thing ah, like, right, they okay. they do the can mm. you feel uh can you feel the love tonight sequence and it shows them trying to split uh simba and nala up and and do they use like the, them. the song yeah and they keep oh. going they, they go into the song and come out of it it's like really quite meta and funny actually how they kind of they're talking and then they just go into the and if he falls in love, just like like out of conversation they were having. It's, uh, mm. but yeah, it's like they 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 set up traps and things to make you know when they fall over and tumble down the hill in mm. the Lion King, like that was apparently because Timon and Pumbaa tripped them up with some string and things like that. It's mm. yeah, 
Yeah, the, the the framing device of the whole thing is Timon and Pumbaa in a cinema watching the film and talking about it, and occasionally cuts back to them in, in, in like a kind mystery of mystery science, science theater theater, thing yeah. going on, um, which is a weird sort of meta fourth wall breaking thing to do. It works. I think it's born out of they want to be able to rewind and skip ahead. They want to be able to jump around through the story. So they keep kind of picking up the remote control and saying, oh, I love this bit. Or, you know, we're not in this bit. Let's jump forward. Yeah, yeah. I think the idea is they're watching The Lion King, but it's a kind of magical (laughs) remote control that lets you see stuff that isn't in The Lion King. Hmm. Kind of how it's played. But it works. It, it, It gets away with it. Um, and it, the whole film, it's done with a real sense of fun and energy. It, 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 it's real Saturday morning cartoon stuff, it, mm. which arguably diminishes The Lion King to a, a different level. But I think that's fine for what this is, a, a straight-to-video nubbin. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah. The animation is, again, really lovely for this sort of production. If only is it computer animated? Is it computer animated or is it just HD? Um, I think it's digitally coloured in and that sort it, of stuff. It, it just felt so much crisper. It was like yeah, it was yeah. It, well, it's difference. HD. Yeah, it's it's just a different era of yeah. yeah but man. that's it. It does look so crisp and and vibrant when you watch it. One of the real weaknesses, I would say, is that there are a couple of musical numbers in this film, mm. and they aren't very good. They they are just pure Return of Jafar. Oh, we've got to put a song in here. Um, the most blatant one is at the start of the film Timon, you see him with all the meerkats and they're doing a song about was it dig a tunner? Some, some African word presumably that sounds like digging a tunnel and they're all just going, oh yeah, digging Well, they're digging hyenas. tunnels, yeah. That's mm. But it's just very going through the motions of a song, and and then the film kind of forgets that it's a musical. It, it keeps going back into songs from the first film from other perspectives for a line and stuff. But I think there's only maybe it is just that digger tunner. I don't know. Oh no, there is another one because Timon has a shitty song up front as well about like his I wish song. Oh, I can't wait to find a home and be out, <laughs> out there. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but ignoring that, it largely works very well. The cast, again, you've got predominantly returning voice cast from The Lion King where, well, yeah, it's basically everyone, isn't it? I don't think you've got James Earl Jones or Rowan Atkinson in there, but yeah, Every, everyone who came back for the previous one comes back for this one. Um, I think Whoopi Goldberg and Cheech Marin might actually have more dialogue in this one than they did in the first <laughs> Lion King. Um, but then you've also got the addition of Jerry Stiller as mm-hmm. Uncle Max, a kind sort of, of mad uncle, a dad figure for Timon, Slightly and Julie Kavner as Timon's mum. Look out to the horizon, past the trees, over the grasslands. Everything the light touches belongs to someone else. 
funny. I thought you were going a whole different direction with this. What can I say? It's nature's design. She's right! We're food for other animals. A movable feast feared by no one and eaten by all. But when they die, they become the grass. And we eat the grass, right? Not exactly. We can't digest grass. We're grass intolerant. Well, she talks. It, she just sounds like Marge. Oh, Timon! It might be might be more accurate to say she sounds like Patty and Selma, or maybe yes. Marge's mum, but yes. it's all yeah torn from the same cloth. <laughs> but you know, it's a good performance. She she brings a lot to it. Trading on nostalgia as much as they do is quite smart in that it lets them just rehash all the gorgeous music from the first film as well. Yeah. You've got a lot of the Hans Zimmer score in there. You've got like snippets from all the all the songs, you know, little references to Be Prepared and stuff. Uh, and as I said before, the, the Timon stuff is based on a deleted verse from Akuna Matata. There was originally a verse about Pumba when he was a young warthog and a verse about Timon uh, when I was it, a young meerkat. It, it, jump, it jumped out at me that, that that wasn't in there in the first film. Like, why have they yeah. told Pumba's story and then not Timon's? It was a, Yeah, it, it is a quite sort of jarring that. thing. And I, th- I think it's purely just pacing. And I get yeah. that because Hakuna Matata would just be a bit sluggish with that extra verse, I think. But my understanding is it is just basically what we see at the start here, that he's clumsy and keeps wrecking the home when he tries to dig tunnels with everyone. But I, I like that his character is this sort of like, he doesn't fit in where he is, so he decides to go out into the world and sort of try and find his place. Yeah. I quite like that. And he does. He sort of finds himself and still can still go back and sort of respect his home, and, and that's fine. But yeah, it's good. So yeah, um, there's a fair bit of padding. It ultimately is just kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon, but I think it's a decent effort. And like I say, I think it's the best straight-to-video sequel Disney ever made. Mm. I yeah, I I I'll stand by this one. Um, and that is it's the only straight-to-video sequel I'll say is you know legitimately good. But I will give it a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, I I agree with that. I give it a seven out of ten. Um, but yeah, why why are we talking about all these films, eh? Because they've only gone and I mean, what have they done? (laughs) Lord, what have they done? Yeah, as is uh, Disney procedure now. They've made a what they like to refer to as a live action remake, Mm -hmm. um, which in this case means entirely animated remake. Well, I'm glad it's not just me who's been getting really hung up on this. I, I heard an interview with Billy Eichner, who voices Timon in the new thing recently, and and even he was like, the, the guy interviewing him, it might be Mark Marin or someone, the guy interviewing him was like, oh, so it's like a live action thing? And he was kind of like, well, it, it's animated. <laughs> like, you yeah. can tell he wasn't comfortable saying it. it I was... wonder if, if they recorded any live action at all. Like, I'm wondering if like backgrounds or something. Motion capture but... and stuff. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. And stuff. I don't yeah. think they have. My my understanding is it is completely like computer generated from the ground mm. up. I think there might be some motion capture work in there, but I I don't know about that. It's really weird how because they aren't outright calling it a live action remake anymore, but it is sort it's of hushed. It's I mean, even on <laughs> Wikipedia it says is an upcoming American musical drama film. And I, I don't know why we're shying away from calling it an animated film, which is what it is. Well, I I've heard I heard John Favreau talk about it and he said something to the effect of 
well, you know, uh, it, technically it's animated, but maybe we need a new word for these things because you don't want to mislead the audience and say it's animated and then they turn up for something that it isn't. And and it was a bit like, oh, just say it's animated, like for fuck's well, sake. Well, I, I do understand where it's coming from there, but if anything, that's a disservice to the film. The, the fact that the, the stuff we've seen, the fact that that's animated, it's just, it is oh, unfathomable. It's, it's just amazing what they can do. I mean, yeah, uh, positives up front, I guess. Yeah astonishing visual um, accomplishment in terms of special effects it is it looks like real life it's fucking bizarre yeah but you lose so much character with it well i was going to say i don't know i don't know if that's going to lead to a better film i yeah. think the scene let's point to where mufasa dies how mm. much of that emotional gut punch comes from the emotive look of simba like the acting on that like the way they've animated that character, and mm. if and if he's suddenly a photorealistic lion, he hasn't got his face can't move the way that it did mm. in hand drawn because they were able to draw them like people's faces. It's not just that they look realistic; it's that they're behaving more realistic in terms yeah. of yes, you've got to make them talk, but yeah, in terms of their facial movement and stuff, you're not making them do cartoonish expressions or anything. Yeah, yeah. and animals mm. don't emote the way that humans do, so it's not. I think they're going to really struggle with it. Honestly, I just I'm I'm not sure. I'm um, going to struggle telling the characters apart. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I did think that as well. Yeah, they're going to have to give them very distinct sort of facial markings. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I well, based yeah. on what I've seen of of the footage they've released, yeah, my first response was like, I, I can't believe this is actually animated. This is fantastic. But but yeah, the footage we've seen does seem to be very much a like for like tre- retread of the, the yeah. original film. Uh, so I'm not sure, like, what are they adding to it? What are they bringing to it? It is half an hour longer, so... Uh, yeah, I think they're playing their cards close to their chest on that front, personally. I, a lot of people are very concerned it's just going to be practically shot for shot. Mm. I don't think it is. I think it's just when you market something like this, yeah. you are playing on pure nostalgia. You're saying, look at mm. the the couple of sequences that are shot for shot, which will be Circle of Life opening, maybe a big chunk of Akuna Matata... Maybe the Mufasa deaths. Like, there's going to be a few bits that are just doing the original film as it was because they're so iconic. But you know, there's whole new characters in this film that aren't in the original film, and we we don't quite know who Amy Sedaris is playing yet. But the other thing that concerns me from watching the trailer is you barely see anyone do any dialogue actually, like visually, and very little in the way of actual emotion. It feels like yeah. a trailer showing visual effects uh showing a couple of action bits and that is a that is makes me think maybe they're not that confident about how good this looks when the animals are talking (laughs) and maybe it looks a bit shit Uh, i mean i i thought it looked great in the jungle book and this is very much the the spiritual successor to john favreau's jungle book it's the same aesthetic largely it's a lot of the same technology it's the same director, obviously. So I, I I think it'll be better than it was in The Jungle Book. And I remember it working just fine there. Mm. But you did have a human being to latch onto and give you some emotion, which I think was crucial. So, mm. Mm. Um, But, I mean, they have assembled an amazing cast, it has to be said. Well, they've got James Earl Jones back as Mufasa. Yeah, now that pisses me off because it's like yeah. if you're going to do not that, get Nathan Lane just back get then. Nathan Lane back as Timon <laughs> for fuck's sake. On the other hand, on the other hand, we've really dodged a bullet 
Because, I mean, how close do you think we were to that being Liam Neeson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything so. the light touches, Simba. <laughs> go. If you touch my son, you hi- you dirty hyenas, I'll go and get a cash. <laughs> and I'll walk the streets waiting for some hyena bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so James Earl Jones is back. He sounds considerably older uh, because he is. He's well, in his uh, 80s. John Favreau has said that his lines are mostly exactly the same, which is. Well, I mean, if that's the case, why not just use the original voice? I, it's, yeah, yeah. Odd. Mm. Yeah. So the the uh, the name that I didn't know here actually was Billy Agner as, as Timon. Oh, I like Of Billy all the people Agner, in here. Good. Is the main guys. I, I I don't I don't know him from anything, and I don't. It's certainly not a name you're going to sell the film on. Oh no, he so, he is just know. a voice. He's a loud camp Jewish man. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> they, what they've just done a very good job of kind of capturing the spiritual essence of who they cast originally. He's he's um I think I know him from Parks and Recreation predominantly. He. He was added in one of the later seasons as a guest star, and I think they liked him so much that he just became one of the standard cast members. But his whole thing is he just loses temper for no reason and starts shouting in a really camp way. All right, let me see what we're dealing with here. It's a lion! Run for your life! Wait, 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 wait! It's a little lion! It gets bigger! Can we keep him? Can we please keep him? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I promise. I'll walk him every day. If he makes a little mess, I'll clean it up. You'll be his little mess. He's gonna eat you and then use my body as a toothpick. But one day, when he's big and strong, he'll be on our side. I don't get Seth Rogen as Pumba. Do you know what? I think that makes perfect sense. More than most of these, I think. He's just kind of got that natural kind of pumbery voice. That's, that's kind of how he talks. I, I don't think I, he's got the sweetness to it. I think he's too gravelly yeah. and too Well, this dry. is... As much he's as I like Billy... He's play as a stoner, I, though. It'll be all right. Yeah, as much, <laughs> <laughs> as much as I like Billy Eichner, yeah, I do think it's like on paper it makes perfect sense, but I don't know if it's going to quite... I don't know. In practice, I don't know. Chiwetel... Ajafor, is that how you say it? Nobody knows how to pronounce it. It's been a mystery for 25 years. I like him a lot, but again, is he Scar? Is he that Mm. charismatic? I just don't know if I'm happy with that. It's an interesting one. Chirtel is a a fine actor and can do many things, so I've got a lot of faith in him, but it is a... If you're not going to do the Jeremy Irons voice, if you're not going to go the kind of slightly posh kind of... Oh, yeah. I'm a villain, <laughs> kind of voice. You could go lots of different ways with it and still make it work. So we'll see. We'll I get Christoph Waltz in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> George Sanders. And that Werner Herzog is Mufasa, so you keep the kind of <laughs> <laughs> make all the lions German. <laughs> Everything's better with Werner Herzog. <laughs> that would actually work really well. Everything the light touches. <laughs> You must never go over there. That is where just darkness abides. <laughs> uh, we we have in in the lead is Simba. I mean, it makes perfect sense on paper. Again, Donald Donald Glover is Simba mm. makes perfect sense. I, I I'm not surprised for a second that that's what they went with. I I, I just I've said it before on the show. I think, but I just really I'm not sold on Donald Glover. 
and I say this as a huge fan of Community, I say this as someone who's watching and very much enjoying Atlanta, but him as an actor, like, he's fine. I just... <laughs> yeah. But I tell you, tell you who... Um, who is a slam dunk, and and I couldn't think of anyone better, and it just made, it's probably a big part of why they made the film. Frankly, uh, Beyonce is Nala. <laughs> Do you not think? Does she at least sing a song? Can we assume? That? Of course, yeah, she's she's doing. Can you feel the love tonight? And I think they've probably added in a new song just for her. Mm. I imagine they've added in at least one new song. Elton John and Tim Rice have come back for it. I think so. I'm I'm quite excited for that. I think they said at one point Be Prepared was the only song not going to be in the film from the original movie, but it is on the soundtrack performed by Chiwetel, so maybe mm. he's just done it for the soundtrack, for the end credits, maybe, who knows. Uh, and, and I haven't mentioned John Oliver as Zazu, which again is just like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, again, but someone at the same at, time... Someone, another person who I don't think particularly identifies as an actor. Uh, yeah, John Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> really, I know he does well, some. Yeah. But... He was in Community with Donald Glover. Yeah, exactly. Reunion. Wouldn't class that as acting as such comedy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, from in terms of a well, vocal a point of role, view, I think it'll right, work yeah. uh, work fine. So yeah, I mean, I just I don't really know what to think about this film. I, part of me is incredibly excited. Part of me is like, oh, it's going to be awful. Why have they done this? I think I'm going to go and see it and just think, eh, what was the point in that? It's probably going to be like Aladdin. Oh, it's going to be like all of them have been. I'm sure it's going to be a very competently made. I mean, they're not going to spend that amount of money on something that doesn't at least work. But mm, I, I just... Do. I, I have a bit more faith this one might work, purely because I thought the Jungle Book... I, I thought John Favreau's Jungle Book was excellent. I thought it was a real reimagining of that film. Rather than just a straight up, yeah, you know, well, I'd like I would like that of it, and I'm really hoping this is going to be the same. But everything we've seen so far suggests it's a lot closer to the original film. The the trailers that I've seen have concerned me greatly. Um, that and they might they, they don't show much though, so that might be them just playing it close. It might be because they know they've got a stinker and they're trying to hide it. Mm. So, guys, if you were going to put uh, an idea up for a Lion King sequel, how would you do it? I think the the obvious route is playing on nostalgia, but I mean, what can you do? They're they're remaking it, you know. That's that done. They they've done the Timon and Pumbaa side story. Yeah, um, it's done, isn't it? I, I know. It's done. But Walk away. If I I think let's let's imagine we were doing another straight to video Disney sequel, so it doesn't feel as as high stakes. You can kind of piss about with it a bit more. I mean, I I just want it. Just let's do let's just do another Timon and Pumbaa movie. Can't we yeah. do that? It seems just the like further the adventures yeah. of them. Yeah, then they can just they can just go off to space. They probably did in the cartoon. I mean, maybe <laughs> not that, but you can do them going off and doing something completely separate. Timon and Pumbaa in London. They get <laughs> they get picked up by a hunter or something, but then escape in London. Escape oh, that's from interesting, London actually. It's something to kind of set the uh, the time because in the in the first film, anyway, we have no idea oh, what yeah. like you know year it is yeah. or anything. There's no sign of humans mm. or technology. It's true. Well, it's it's post-apocalyptic humanity was wiped out <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the war. We just have the whole cast caught by poachers, and then they get taken to. London and Victorian London to Kenya. 
<laughs> Victorian London, yeah, brilliant. That yeah, that's so brilliant. Someone Simba's like putting a pit. collected in a sort of a big country just, house menagerie. Well, yeah, you can have, <laughs> you, can have, you can bring in everyone from Tarzan if you'd want to. For some reason, you probably wouldn't want to bother. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. Why they're, not? They're Let's that era, over. aren't they? Yeah. Um, simple, but I, I think that's the only way you could really go with this and make it work at this point. You need to get them out of the savannah. What about if Timon and Pumbaa get caught by, or whoever, but Timon and Pumbaa are the best characters. Timon and Pumbaa get caught by a hunter or whatever and get shipped over to like 1950s Hollywood uh, where the Disney Corporation are using them so the animators can try and animate accurate animal movements. So they've got them running on a treadmill and stuff so that they can start like trying. Well, if we're doing this, we need to set it when... When Walt himself still alive, definitely. Yeah, he was played still by going Tom Hanks. in the 50s, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. What about all those Disney films where they would they'd throw animals off a cliff and go, look how the animals <laughs> jump off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, then please remember that everybody else likes The Lion King too. This is the perfect episode to share with your film-watching friends and help spread the love for the podcast. If you're a fan of what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash dimreturns. For just $1 a month, you get access to all the extra material we put up, including reviews of new releases such as the remake of The Lion King. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.